listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode. So this is going to be an episode where you start talking a lot about ADUs and diving into the topics. And as you know, ADUs are a very hot topic in Denver, and we're going to start peeling back the onion on ADUs and the ever-evolving landscape here. So my co-host, who you guys will become very familiar with over the next couple years as we talk ADUs and learn everything ADUs around Denver, is Stacy Rosansky. So I mentioned Stacy's name uh, a few podcast episodes ago when we uh, rebranded our firm as Envision Advisors. She's one of our new team members. Thrilled to have her on, on the team, and one of her interests and specialties is zoning and ADUs. So, Stacy, glad to have you on the show. Hi, Chris. Happy to be here. So, I mentioned your background very briefly, but give everyone, like, you know, the background on who Stacy is. Yeah, so I got involved, um, started investing in real estate several years ago, and that led me to getting my real estate license and helping others invest as well. Um, meanwhile, I also have a strong background in affordable housing, um, and, and here in Denver, we've been doing a lot of work with ADUs um, to help as an affordable housing route for people. So that just furthered my interest and knowledge, and I've really been able over the last couple of years to dive into that wor- the world of ADUs. <laughs> and it gave me that just, I mean, there's, there's no way, you know, nothing beats experience in going through the process of learning ADUs, talk to municipalities, which I know you've experienced with, you know, with the work you've done in the past. And that just gives you such an intimate knowledge because this is, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts with ADUs. Yeah, I think it's really exciting and changing for the better that we're hopefully going to be seeing more and more of ADUs being built in Denver and around. So what we're going to talk about in this podcast is we're going to, uh, the main part of this podcast, we're talking about the basics of zoning and understanding how to read zoning and what zoning works for ADUs. But beyond that, we're going to kind of give you a current landscape on what ADUs are like currently in the Denver metro area. And we actually started as we were brainstorming this and just some other ideas around ADUs, we were trying to put together almost like a mini series on just, hey, here's this, uh, some good content ADUs. The problem is, though, that ADUs is just a, a it's a very quickly evolving landscape, and there's so many parts realize, hey, we can't have you know one static course for a while, but rather we're going to kind of give you a couple bite-sized pieces here, and then just as we find new information, as this neighborhood, this city council updates something, this changes, this changes, we're going to report it to you. So a good way to preface this, and this is going to be a series that Stacy's is spearheading for many years to come, because this is, you know, we're all long-term planners here, is, I mean, she's an expert in here. She's got a passion in here, which when you when you overlap those two things, great stuff happens. So a lot of the stuff we talk about ADUs is, the best way I can put it is Stacy is going to act as a reporter and just put together some amazing content and resources as well for everything's ADUs in Denver. So Stacy, let's talk about the current ADU landscape, because this has become, you know, Every year, more and more people talk about it for two reasons. One, Denver needs the affordable housing, needs more housing, more affordable housing. And a lot of owners are more interested in it so they can have, you know, uh, another asset or rental income to offset their primary mortgage residence or have another rental income. So where do you want to start with the current landscape of ADUs? Because there's a lot to talk about. 
Well, I'd like to start with the most recent news, which was that city council um, just passed that the Chaffee Park neighborhood in Denver um, is there will be 80 use allowed no matter what the zoning is on your property. So that's the first thing we've seen where you no longer have to go spot rezone or apply for something. It's just any any property in that neighborhood can build an ADU. And do they do they have to still go get a city permit? I take it, or can of they course, they're swinging hammer. <laughs> no, they still have to go through the process of for building, but you don't have to get approval, which is uh, what you have to do if you don't have the correct zoning um, on your property. And so, um, this all s- started stemming from the blueprint blueprint Denver, mm-hmm. which is, was put out. I think over a year ago now, um, and this it like a year and, a half and it's ago. kind of the city priorities and the, what how the city envisions the future of Denver. It's kind of like their ten year and longer plan. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it, in that, it pretty much stated that the city, you know, will allow ADUs all over the city, um, you know, in the coming years. Um, but this was the first real step we saw that an entire neighborhood is on board with it. Okay, so let's. Let's step back and kind of go to more a, a bigger overview because that's that's great news for Chaffee Park, but that's you know one neighborhood of you know Denver's seventy something neighborhoods plus all the other metro areas. Mm-hmm. So, and this is one reason why this is such you know a, a complex topic because neighborhoods are going to have their own rules and restrictions and what you can or can't do. The other issue that we've seen that we run into a lot of our clients have run into and just other investors we know is, is the cost to build. I mean, yeah. 80s aren't cheap, right? <laughs> no. Even though the, it's a small house, essentially, they're still, you know, can be almost as expensive as building a traditional home just because you have to put in almost all the same infrastructure um, and the permitting. Um, you you can tap into your utilities of the primary house, but th- that's still expensive to, to get out there. So, you know, it still can run upwards of $200,000 to build an ADU. And I've heard a lot of the quotes I've heard from some some GCs I know and just other investors, anywhere from like 150 to 250 mm-hmm. for a modest ADU. And that might be, you know, 800 square foot, just ADU out back. Right. Um, 150 to $250,000, which is a, a lot of money. And then I've also heard a lot and seen some where they're like, you know, three to $400,000. And I'd say those are much more for... You know, people are at a point where they can spend the money and really build uh, an amazing, what they call a, a she shed or uh, the man cave or yeah. the garage and the living quarters that can go really high end. But even for like a, a modest one that people want to Airbnb or rent out, a lot of times they're 150 to 250. But one of the exciting things is there's been a huge or relatively like huge uptick in just modular builders coming in to build ADUs. Can mm-hmm. you kind of give us an update on that? Yeah. So I think a lot of them are still in the starting phases of, you know, how this is actually going to work. Um, but we, I've seen a lot of companies come out that, you know, they're really doing their best to build these efficiently and reduce those those major building costs. So even with all those permitting and other fees that you have to spend to get it up, then th- this would bring the cost down a lot. And I, we said modular. For those who aren't familiar with it, that is where they're in a warehouse, maybe in Denver, maybe in Kansas, and they're like you know a giant warehouse, and they it's the assembly line. They build it, and then it comes on a couple flatbed trucks, yep. driven there, and the crane brings two or three pieces on there, and they they bolt them together essentially. Exactly. Yes. And so that you know that allows the economies of scale for they can just you know hopefully have a couple models, people pick it, and hopefully drive the cost down to be something 
well below $150,000 because that is, that's pricey. The other thing that you run into then as you're talking about the cost of building is, is financing. So there's, there's two main things here, and we've talked about this on their podcast here. If I want to go out there and build this $150,000 ADU state, so let's say I, can, I find one of the cheaper ones out there, how am I financing it? I want to build an ADU in my backyard. Or how, who do I go to? How do I finance it? Great question. Uh, there aren't that many options out there for financing right now. Um, one thing you can do is go for a construction loan. Um, that's one option. Um, but that often requires a, a 30-ish percent down payment and going to be at a yep. 5% interest rate. Yep. Um, and then another option that's common is people will either pull a HELOC um, on their primary home to help fund the building. But again, you have to have quite a bit of equity in order to fund that $150,000 plus uh, project. And so for a lot of our, you know, our listeners, both our clients, our listeners in general, a lot of times they're, they're house hackers. They buy a place 5% down. They're not pulling out money in their house anytime soon to go fund a $150,000 little house in their backyard. Right. So there's the initial <clears throat> funding of the project, which gets very complex. And the second issue that's just going on in the market um, is that, you know, hopefully you, you build it, whether it's a construction loan or you have the savings or a HELOC, when it comes out to then do like a longer term takeout financing, because a construction loan is meant to be a construction loan. It's a short term or medium term loan. But a lot of times, great, if I spend $150,000 in ADU, am I guaranteed to increase the value of my property by $150,000? Am I, Stacy? Unfortunately, not at this time. Um, that's another issue we're running into is there just aren't enough ADUs out there to compare. And that's what a, a pra- an appraiser is going to use to to determine the value of your home. So we need more people building them to get, you know, make sure that we can see those values coming up so that you could refinance out of those loans. Which becomes a catch-22 almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as, uh, you know, for example, like just about two weeks ago of when we were recording this, we helped a house hacking client go out there and buy a house with an ADU. Uh, so we already had an existing ADU. And we can find those great. Um, and he was using a, a lender who was a buddy of his and the appraisal came in super low, like $80,000 low. And also part of the appraisers had no idea how to appraise ADUs. And that's the other thing. A lot of of appraisers just, they're not familiar with the ADU niche. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely, when you don't see it a lot, then, you know, they don't know how can they compare it to anything else. So they don't know what value to put on it. And so again, those are just, you know, a couple of the things going on here and just to why I don't think ADUs have a critical mass quite yet. Um, It's just, you know, obviously financing is such a critical, critical component to it. Now, let's talk about zoning a little bit, and this will lead us into, like, the main segment of our podcast, Stacey. Um, zoning. Zoning is not the most straightforward thing out there. No, zoning is very complicated. Um, I think the city of Denver has done a really good job with, they they redid their zoning code, like, 10 years ago, and it's a little bit more straightforward than you'll see in other jurisdictions, but it's still, if you're not familiar with it, it can be very confusing. When you say it's better than other jurisdictions, are you talking about like other counties, in the metro area or like other cities out of state? Um, even within the metro, just okay. other cities where they have either outdated or just more complicated zoning. And on top of, of zoning, there's a lot more nuanced rules too for, for setbacks and how close you are to your neighbor's line or the alley. Like I was just actually talking to um, someone just a couple of days before we recorded this and I forget what neighborhood his house. I think it was, I think Sunnyside and it was zoned for an ADU and he actually got a quote 
for repurposing the garage into an ADU. And he could do it. He said he got a hard quote for $90,000. Wow. So for ADUs, I mean, that is a relatively inexpensive ADU. The problem was he was like two feet too close to a boundary line or a fence or something, and he couldn't get a variance for it. And so even if it's zoned, you get one of these little issues that just those can kill the deal. So I think all this will eventually get better and more streamlined and hopefully uh, just allow us to do more ADUs. Yeah, hopefully that those kinds of things will be taken into consideration by the city with, you know, all the hoops you have to jump through to get these built. Um, But those are also things that you may run into even if you've done everything right in the process. All right. So before we uh, transition to like the details of zoning, as I said, I'll reiterate, Stacy's going to be really acting as the reporter for everything ADUs. If you guys have questions, reach out to her. Her contact details are on the website or just email her stacy at envisionrea.com. Plus, just going to reach out to our community, which always provides great feedback. If you're a builder, an architect, a lender, and you play in the ADU space, please reach out. We'd love to connect. Um, or if you're an investor who's built an ADU, or if you're more common, one of the investors that have looked into it and not be able to make it happen, please reach out too. We actually want to start doing a lot more interviews with uh, investors around town to talk about what their experience was for both building and sometimes just the roadblocks they've run into. All right, so Stacy, we are going to start talking about zoning. And on the screen right now, uh, there is a pretty detailed zoning chart. What are we looking at? So this is where you're going to want to start if you want to figure out what your zoning means. It's pretty easy to figure out what your zoning is by going to the your assessor's site. Um, you know, the Denver assessor site, you can just click on your property and there's a zoning tab. But then... And let's let's pause. Let's, let's be so because I mean, here's the way I do it. I just go to Google and type in the county assessor's website and then go put your address. And that's the best way I found to do it. Yeah. And again, the city of Denver has a great site for yeah. that. It's really user-friendly um, and it, it will tell you in big, bold letters, but it's a bunch of letters and numbers and then you have to decode it. And one more thing, sorry, before we dive into here, um, uh, we're also recording this as a YouTube video and also the screenshots will be in the show notes as well. So we're going to do our best job to explain it. But if you want the details, click the show notes for more of the, the detailed screenshots with these, I don't know, 50 bullet points and numbers you have on here. Yeah, I think to simplify it down, the easiest thing to know if you have if you have the correct zoning for um, an a- to build an ADU, there are two things you can look for. One is if you have a TU, which means stands for two unit in your zoning, that's one indicator. Um, and the other thing is if you have a one, the number one at the end of your zoning code, that that allows for an accessory dwelling is what that one means. Okay, so from a high level, if you see a, two, a TU in the zoning mm-hmm. or it ends with a one, from a high level, those are good signs. Exactly. Okay. It's usually a th- the way your zoning's written out is three sections. The first letter in your zoning code is going to describe what they call the neighborhood context. So that's urban, suburban, you know, downtown, industrial, those kinds of things. The, the second section is going to be what they call the dominant building or character um, kind of form building that's in your neighborhood. So that's where you're going to see single unit, two unit. Row homes. Mix. So that's actually talking about like the, the actual structure of yeah, the house or so, the building. Exactly. And then the last letter that you'll usually see in the zoning is the size of a uh, square footage of the lot. And they just assign 
you know, A is 3,000 feet, B is 4,500. So that's just telling you um, kind of the what, how much square footage you need in order to build what type of building. And this is this is how Denver has it. This is all Denver zone. This code, is all right? Denver specific. Yes. Okay. Are the from a high level or the other, you know, other counties around here, are they a similar format or is all just a wild, wild west scene? Yeah, each one is different. Okay. So okay, so we got the first one, neighborhood context. So E equals urban edge. Two is the dominant building form and character. So E dash T U dash C. That would mean it's in the urban edge, and that's the type of neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Okay, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, so that's going to be a common... Um, urban edge is basically kind of the secondary ring of Denver. That's what you're going to see within the city. Like but what type of neighborhoods? Kind of like more on the west side of town or... Like Highlands, Sloan's Lake area, you mean? or? Um, yep, those, those should be within that too. I'm not exactly sure the specifics of each neighborhood, but it's kind of as you come further out from downtown. So downtown is going to be more urban. Okay. And then urban edge, right? So yeah, Highlands and Sloan's Lake, those should be... Um, but you'll see a mix of zoning within each neighborhood as well. Okay, and then get that, and then it's a two-unit for TU, which is a good sign, and then has, you know, say, a square footage size. Now, I've seen this in some zoning, because you're you're one of the people that have a zoning question. I reach out to, you're, you're on my speed dial for that, Stacy. Like, because there's been instances where, hey, it's, it's zoned for two units, but the lot's too small. Yeah. How, does, how do you figure that from the zoning code, or can you? Or is that as you kind of peel back the onion? Yeah, so... Sometimes, you know, there's a million things that can happen to a property. It can get split. You know, throughout the years, there have been different zoning codes that have happened. So different, different things have happened. But basically, if you have a property that has a zoning that says you need 6,000 feet to do 6,000 square feet to do a a second unit, but your property is only 4,000 square feet, then you couldn't you wouldn't be matching the zoning. And that's where you have to go get, a, I assume, a variance then? Yeah, Okay. exactly. Okay, so it's important to look at the zoning then actually look at the actual lot size as well. Exactly. So as, as a side note here, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the information as we're looking is coming from MLS listings. Those are always 100% accurate, right? <laughs> I would always double check <laughs> the, the MLS listing. Yeah, because that that is, we, we say this and we're both kind of chuckling, but we also bitch about this as well as we're actually working with the clients and looking at things. Um, there's definitely, you know, it, it, garbage in, garbage out is, you know, a, a, a saying we use a lot. Um, sometimes the agent puts the correct information. Sometimes they don't. So always, always, always double check. All right. So anything else on this slide you want to talk about? Because I've got like 50 questions, but I feel like I should probably <laughs> hold off on those. No, I think, again, the main points, I mean, the, the biggest things you want to look for are that TU, and that the number one at the end. Um, and I think beyond that, if you're not seeing those, then you can we could dive a little deeper into what that means for your your property. But that's where I would start. Can I ask you one more question on here? Yeah. So I've seen some zoning codes, I, I believe, um, you know, where it's whatever context one or you know, neighborhood context, whatever, dominant building form, whatever. But then it ends with like a two which is typically means for like, you know, a, a duplex or, or two unit. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't have that TU or the one, but it has a dash two, does that mean I can have a single family home and an ADU then? 
Yes, it does. Okay, because that's still, so even if it's got that duplex lot or, or zone for duplex, I can do a single family and then have an ADU. Yeah, if you're anything where you're, where they would call that zoning down. So okay. with a two on it, it's, my understanding is you could have a duplex and an ADU. Um, so if you were just doing a single family in ADU, that would be a step down. Say that last thing you said you could do a duplex and an ADU? I believe so. Okay. If you have a two. Because that's always been one of the questions we've asked. We've never gotten a straight answer. I think it also depends on just Yeah, that. I think that's a question for the city. You know, yeah. you were going to want to verify. Um, and I, d I don't see a lot of twos on the zoning um, code or for properties. I just haven't. Uh, okay. But, but I think that's what it means if you have a two is that you could have two accessory dwellings. Okay. All right. So moving on here to ADU specific zone districts. Um, I'm so, actually just start speaking, Stacey. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know what question to ask. So I went through, and the, these are, uh, in general, all the zone districts that allow ADUs that are currently in Denver. Okay, so I heard what you said, but I, I did not understand <laughs> it. So kind of unpack that if you can for me. So... Um, it's just, again, a bunch of jumbled numbers, but uh, if you see any one of these uh, zone districts on your property, then you have the potential to build an ADU without going for a rezone. Now, when you say a zone district, is that the first letter or, like the, or is that all of them together? The, like? Yeah, I guess the three, the, the combination is the zone, is the zoning. Zone okay. district zoning, I think, can be interchangeable. So on here, you have suburban, mm -hmm. urban general urban and urban edge so that all right, suburban is s urban is u general urban is g uh, urban edge is e you have a red box around urban edge is that specific or just one you want to kind of use an example yeah i think that's the one i would focus on just because that's where we see most of the properties fall in um that at least for our investors and clients they're those are the areas they're looking in which is a lot of times just that like the west southwest part of Denver. Yeah. We see a lot of ADUs and moving over to, to Lakewood and some of those areas. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I just, can I just read off a few of these and you kind of like explain it? Uh, I can try. <laughs> we'll, we'll pitch <laughs> on the spot here. Um, so I'm just going to go look at suburban since this is not in the highlighted red box. You got S dash SU dash F1. Translate that please. Okay. So the S is for suburban. SU is single unit. The F stands for a lot size of 8,500 square feet. And the one is the accessory dwelling is allowed as long as you have that much square footage. Okay. As long as the actual lot matches that. Exactly. Okay. So that so that means I need, I'm sorry, how much square footage is the F? F is 8,500. So does that mean in order to build an ADU, I need an 8,500 lot then? Exactly. Okay. Um, next one down is S. Dash TH dash 2.5. Okay, so this is a little different. Um, again, suburban is the S. TH stands for townhomes. And 2.5 is going to be two and a half stories tall. Mm, okay. So it's confusing. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to move on because this is, this is how I learn. I think of a part of a lot of our listeners as well. So I'm moving down the urban edge box, which I think the one you want to really uh, use examples. So I'm just going to read these off to you and you can, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like making you Alexa, this kind of like Stacy, tell me this. Um, so no, thank that's you. okay. I so, think the other, 
thing to note is, again, this is very um, simplified, very, you know, Mm -hmm. beginner version just to give you an understanding. Um, If you are going to go actually do a building, you're going to want to have an architect or a a contractor or a city planner give you all the, the, the zoning code is like, 5,000 pages. I don't know. It's a, oh, it's, it's absurd. It's really yeah. a lot of in-depth things that you're going to need to know. Um, so this is very much just the high level, you know, basic knowledge. And that's a really good point. Let's make a very clear disclaimer here <laughs> that this is for educational purposes. Uh, you always need to double check and double check with the city, uh, architects, lawyers. We've had a handful of deals, both, you know, some residential deals and some, and some bigger multifamily deals where We've had to involve in lawyers and then drive down to the office or now, you know, call the office with COVID and actually like really get into some nuanced stuff. Um, so this can quickly go down a rabbit hole. So yeah, make sure you you work with the professionals. And we're happy to help you out there, but this is purely meant for educational if you start un- understanding it. So, okay, on this urban edge section, we've got E-SU-D1 comma G1. That was uh, just me being lazy. Um, okay. So it's D1 would be one zoning. G1 would be another zoning that falls in that same. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so that would be um, Urban Edge. What's SU stand for? Single unit. Single unit. And then what's, tell us what D1 and G1 means. What, so what can we do? D is 6,000 square feet. And the one is for the accessory unit. And G is 9,000 square feet. So even though, so the only, so those are exactly the same other than 6,000 versus 9,000. Exactly. So if I'm building ADU in both, I have to actually make sure my physical lot is either 6,000 or 9,000 respectively. Yep. Okay. Great. Um, any, any of these other ones you want to talk about here? So there is one, the, the other thing that we haven't touched on is there's one with a D1 and an X at the end. Um, I'm not as familiar with the... So actually, just read the whole thing. Okay, so, so there is one zoning um, called ESU-D1X. Um, according to the zoning code, the X is a special provision. So that that is something w- that would be a deeper dive where what does that special provision mean? Okay. And that's just, just on a case-by-case basis? Or yeah. Just like the... The asterisks they put on there, basically. Exactly. That it just might have extra, you know, requirements or certain things you can and cannot build, that kind of thing. So something extra. All right. Now, before we go to the next slide, from all the stuff that you've been reading and following, um, these are still like if, if, you know, generally assuming if someone buys a lot that has the right zoning, has right square footage, they, sh- they can build an ADU, and they're set up very favorably in the future as ADUs become um, more common. Exactly. This okay. is going to, these will be the, the if you already have the zoning, it's going to make your, the process that much easier for you. All right. So, I'm and what we're looking at here is we're moving this, you know, I've actually, we got a couple PowerPoint slides we're using to guide us and, and reference on here. And this is stuff from the blog notes as well. So, Again, this has a lot, Stacey. Where do you want to start here? Really, this is just showing what a detailed page in the zoning code looks like. Um, And I just broke out kind of for the specific urban edge, the E zone district, um, what you'd want to know. Specifically, I highlighted what the footprint of the 
ADU can be depending on your property size. So I see, yeah, footprint, you've got 6,000 square feet or less equals 650 square foot max. What does that mean? That means the ADU can be no, the accessory dwelling can be no more than 650 square feet. So, so is this pretty standardized throughout the zoning code that, hey, if you got this lot size, your your ADU can be this big. And if you got a bigger lot, your ADU can be this big? That is my understanding, yes. Okay. So 6,000 square foot lot equals a 650 square foot ADU. Six to 7,000 square foot lot equals 860 square foot, 864 square foot ADU. 7,000 square feet or more equals 1,000 square foot max. And when they say square, I mean, again, you, this, I know this is a very hard question, but if I have a garage or I want to build a garage ADU on top, how does that square foot go? And does that mean the garage and ADU have to be under 650 square feet? Or I don't believe so. I think this is just pertaining to the ADU. To the actual living space. I believe. I mean, garages are not living spaces. Right. Okay. I think it's just, yeah. And then the thing to note is 1,000 square feet is the largest as of right now that you could build an accessory unit. Have you seen anyone, you know, getting variances to build bigger ADUs? I have not, but if somebody out there has done it, I'd love to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> okay. And what about, just kind of give us the, unless it's in the future slide, the quick rundown on just some general, like, setbacks and height things to, to consider. Yeah, I think, like you said before, um, here I have it listed that um, there's a five-foot setback for the sides and the rear of the property, uh, another thing to note is that the the accessory unit must be in the rear 35% of the lot. So that's kind of an interesting... Um, Sorry, say that again? The, the, it has to be in the back of the lot, in the back 35% of your lot is where you need to build it. So if I have a 100 square foot lot, it has to be in the back 35 feet of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so there's just a lot of um, specifics on the size you can build it, where on the property you can build it, um, and then also like the the item called bulk plane that has to do with the angles of the roof mm. line to make sure that you're not shading someone else's property or things like that. So those are all things that, again, you're going to want to talk to a professional architect about um, to make sure that whatever you design would fit within these parameters. And from, you know, the a lot of the investors I've talked with that's the stuff, not so much the footprint and zoning, because that's usually it's it's those are the setbacks, the 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 bulk plane, the height. That's where I've seen so many deals get either blow up or just take a sharp left turn and they have to do some major, major planning just another one, uh and actually um we're gonna have these clients on a podcast in the future, hopefully. Um they they built an ADU in their house, uh, I think near Sloan's Lake, but their lot came near a telephone pole with Excel. They looped in Excel, which was a whole other oh, no. pain in the butt. <laughs> so this is all this nuanced stuff is what makes ADUs very, very tough right now. And just, hey, zoning looks great. Passes a sniff test, we like to say. But then you can really get uh, the devils in, the, in these other details. Yeah. All right. Um, what else, Stacy? I, I flipped this slide. I'm not sure if this is the right slide to go to or not. Um, oh, this was about... Um... There is actually a map on, uh, if you go to denvergov.org, that shows you um, the what I just, you know, wrote out, which was where um, the zoning is for accessory dwelling units. Okay. So if you go to their website under their map section, you can 
take a look at that. And then we'll put this link in the show notes as well because it's a, it's a long URL, so check out for that. Um, now we're looking at a complex table <laughs> here. Where do you want to start here? Um, this, again, just some details on... So now that I've told you what, what kind of um, lots you can build on, how many of those actually exist? Oh, all right. Um, it looks like the formatting's a little off, but... Um, it looks like, um, and this was really, uh, again, for we just did the focused on the urban edge district, but you're ac they're actually the most amount are, um, are properties between six and thousand square feet. So that's great. You said between six and thousand, six and seven thousand square feet? Yep. Well, that's not surprising. I mean, the standard Denver lot size is, is 6250. Mm -hmm. So that, that makes sense. So this is actually a really interesting chart. We'll uh, clean up the format, put it <laughs> on the website. But I mean, to read off, like there's about 1,800 with that ESU uh, zoning with between six to 7,000 square foot lots, which is a lot of the places we see. And all those other ones, they're, I mean, they're well below 1,000 based off of, and the way it's laid out, she's got lot size and then the uh, corresponding to like the district zoning code. Yeah. That's really interesting. So how'd you pull the data? Was this just stuff you... Um, <laughs> so the city of Denver puts it all out there in a one giant, um, spreadsheet. So you just have to filter through what you're looking for. Okay. So, hmm. all right. So this is really good. So yeah, check out this and then we can put the link to the, the Denver, uh, that Denver page as well. All right, Stacy. So that was a really good, you know, uh, dive in the zoning, help kind of explain things. And I know we're going to, it's a lot to unpack. What other things do you want to mention before we wrap up? Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, we're getting into a lot of specifics about zoning, but hopefully, you know, we won't need to in the future because ADUs will be allowed on most every property. <laughs> Have you been able to wave that magic wand yet? Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. What's, and, and we've talked about Blueprint Denver. We're talking about some zoning changes. I mean, you've worked with municipalities for, for years. I mean, what type of time frame? Like how slowly uh, <laughs> does does the government all the different uh, divisions move yeah if you have the correct zoning then it shouldn't it shouldn't be a long time frame for you to go you know design your your unit and get permits it's if you need to rezone that really is where you can get held up um there's just a lot to that process and they usually say about four to six months for a rezoning so that would be at the start before you could even start your project that okay. you're already set back that far. So we've got a couple uh, frequently asked questions here. So I'm going to fire around you, Stacy. Mm -hmm. How much are permitting fees? Uh, I don't know the specific cost of permitting fees. Obviously, that's going to vary per project, but a lot of but uh, but they can be up to almost the same as if you were building a regular single family home. Can I sell my eighty separately from my primary house? So this will depend on your zoning um, in the single. If you have a single unit zoning, then no, you cannot sell it separate from your house. If you have a two unit zoning, there are ways where you could separate the lots and sell them separately. I've seen a few of those where people have been able to, you know, they, they've, you know, re, you know, built the ADU and then sold off as a separate lot and separate house. So mm -hmm. it depends on the zoning there for that. Yeah. And again, these are the rules as of right now. Yeah. They, they could change in the future. So I guess from a high level, that's not much different from like someone, you know, buying a lot, scraping the house, building a duplex, 
putting up a party wall and slowing off unit A, unit B to first name, person B then as well. Exactly. Okay, so mm -hmm. same concept there. Mm -hmm. Ooh, can I build an ADU myself? You cannot. <laughs> Why? Um, as of right now, well, you can't, I should say you can if you have a general contractor license. Ah, okay. <laughs> Um, and that's, yeah, and that's, I think that's been ever since I started, you know, kind of talking about ADUs, that's how it's been as far as I can remember. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the specific reasoning, um, but. My guess is they don't want handyman homeowner putting up right. janky ADUs that right. don't meet code and don't go into the sewer line correctly and all that. Right. Yeah. Certainly for the major, major construction yeah. items. Cool. Stacy, this has been, been great. So um, I appreciate this. I learned a lot. Uh, listeners out there, if you guys have questions, reach out to Stacy. If you guys have any experience to use, you got a story to share, um, an interesting anecdote, please email Stacy, Stacy at envisionrea.com, and her uh, information in the show notes. Be on the lookout. We're going to be doing a lot more podcasts around ADUs. We're going to bring up to date news on there. And as we get more information, we will build out a section on the website with you know references to architects, builders, maybe some module builders. And just really hopefully start putting up like an online library as a resource. Uh, so, stay, so stay tuned. Thanks a lot, Stacey. Thanks, Chris.